Howdy, hello, and welcome back to We've Never Been Clicked. My name is Cuppy Cup, and I am joined once again by my co-host, Cool Hand Lucas. And we are going to pick things up with part two of our interview with Dave Wilson, senior editor of College Football for ESPN. Yesterday, we focused on Art Bryles and his move back to Texas to coach high school football. Today, we're going to play a little bit on the lighter side. The petty, wonderful, and delightfully weird rise of horns down with the uh, the cover image being Javorski Lane <laughs> giving the horns down. I have to imagine you heard a lot about this article. Yeah, that had a lot of uh, a lot of feedback, and surprisingly, most of it was overwhelmingly positive. Texas fans and Oklahoma fans. Some of the chirping I heard the most was from A and M fans. Of course, you didn't give us more than like a paragraph or two in the whole thing. <laughs> Well, I mean, obviously, you know, it's it's not a rivalry anymore, right, guys? <laughs> right. We, we don't care about them at all. <laughs> you know, I mentioned the fact in there that some people will buy a Longhorn sticker and put it on their car upside down and pay them royalties. And uh, some people were, were uh, firing off emails or tweets to me that there's a, there's a separate trademark for the sawed-off one. <laughs> not everyone buys that exact one. Plenty of people have bought it at a gas station. You know, it's I understand it. I get it. It's the semantics of it, but... Um, do you want to hear something kind of pathetic? That was my first thought when I read that passage. <laughs> I was like, no, there's the, cause they put the hair on the longhorn or something. Yeah, got the hair in the nostrils. I know, but yeah, uh, the Aggieland outfitters thing. I don't, I don't know if they sell that anymore because like you mentioned, nobody cares about this rivalry. <laughs> yeah. I haven't thought about them in years, but we know something the listeners don't know. You do have some history with A&M, don't you? Yes. I actually, uh, I attended A&M from 91 to 93. And I was a business major and I had no idea what in the world I was doing there. And I went back home to Kilgore and started over in journalism at Kilgore College. And then right when I was about to go back there, I sort of shifted gears and I ended up at UT Arlington because they had this, they had a great little student newspaper and they, they had a bunch of, they had like 60 alums at the Star Telegram and 50 at the morning news. And I kind of figured after my delayed route, it was time to get a job. And so I went up there. So once an, once an Aggie, always an Aggie then. It's a hazard of the job to admit that, obviously, but... Uh, sure, no. yeah. If ESPN catches wind of this, it's... Uh, oh, the yeah. burnt orange media conspiracy is going to come crashing down on you. Been in all those rooms at the morning news and the ESPN for <laughs> years. No one's ever figured it out. <laughs> Just in hiding the whole time. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Um, and obviously, it's a great place to watch football games, and it was a great university. But, you know, for whatever reason, I, I you know, I honestly, at that point in my life, I was kind of a mess, and I didn't know what I wanted to do. And... I decided to start over. So um, I'll have fond memories of it. My sister and brother-in-law graduated from there. And my dad who and mom didn't go to college, but he became really tight with Dr. Ray and would go on band trips and stuff sometimes. So it was, it was a special place for my family. But I grew up, like I said, my parents didn't go to college. I grew up a fan of everybody. We would just, my dad would just take me to games all the time. We, I went to every A&M Texas game for like seven, eight years before I even knew which side I was supposed to be rooting for. So I've always had an appreciation for it. My uncle was a baseball coach at Rice for 11 years before Wayne Graham. So, oh. so I'm, I'm kind of a um, softy for all the Texas schools, frankly, and I, I genuinely appreciate the culture and the, and the uh, rivalry component of all of it. And that's why I think Horns Down was so fun, because I understood how much it meant to people. And so I really wanted to write a story that, I don't know how to describe it, but it's almost like the old Daily Show interviews where you take a serious approach to a ridiculous topic. Right. Yes. And so in this sense, it was like, I'm going to write a deep dive on horns down. 
I wasn't sure how it was going to work. And it ended up, you know, I was very pleased with all the, the people I found that ended up being great fun to talk to, you know, uh, Lynn McDonald in San Antonio. I just happened to happened to find a sports psychologist who was a 12th man. And I was, I was very delighted about that. And I found, you know, an etiquette expert and I found some this is professors that, that studied rivalries and things like that. So, you know, it's all sort of pseudo serious about a ridiculous topic. And it ended up, you know, I ended up learning a lot during the process. Basically, you know, the people that you talk to, particularly like Barry Switzer and a few other people, and I guess Acho as well as like people realize that it's fun and, and sports should be fun. And uh, I've always liked how petty Switzer was anyway, but that's what makes him great. It is. Uh, you know, I knew for sure you had to call Barry Switzer if you're doing a horns down story. Oh yeah. That, that closing shit. It's just fun. That is perfect. That was just the best way to end the article. He is exactly who you think he is. He's a, uh, amazing to talk to. It's the, in general, like, you know, Sonny Dykes was great. You know, I, I wanted people that understood that, that sports is fun. And, you know, Ocho I thought was fantastic because, you know, he actually, and he actually has a master's in sports psychology from Texas. And he's great. He's great on TV too. I'll give him that. I like him. He's an amazing guy in general. Like he's a, you know, he does a lot of re- incredible charity work and stuff. He's awesome. Now, another little fact that your uh, listeners will enjoy is that since, since I moved back from Bristol, I moved to Austin. And so for me to be able to have a, a good workspace to work from here, I have a desk at the Longhorn Network. So, <laughs> Oh, so you work with Andy Wall and th- that group? Yeah. So I, um, I see, uh, I saw Acho in the office last fall and I, I had sort of had this bounced around in my head of like, you know, we should really do like a, like a real story on horns down and not just like a, you know, collection of tweets or more jokes about it or whatever. And, uh, and so I stopped Acho in the office one day and asked him that. And that's when he told me, you know, you better, you better throw him down. Cause as soon as I make a play, I'm throwing him up. And so <laughs> I kind of knew I wanted to call him back when the time came. I, I, mean, I remember like I grew up in, in Louisiana and uh, was raised an LSU fan and, and followed the SEC. But when I moved to Texas to go to A&M, I didn't understand like a lot of the Southwest conference culture. So like, I didn't know about the Giggum sign that A&M had. I knew about the horns up, but I didn't know that every, practically every Southwest conference team had their own kind of hand sign. You know, with the red Raiders and the Cougars and the frogs and even SMU had their own hand signs. I thought that was kind of unique compared to other schools. What I didn't realize until I was like nosing around in this is that obviously Giggum is directed at the frogs. And so it was, I think it was created during a time when TCU was, was really good. And that was a big rivalry, but Texas has also invented the hook'em horns um, for a game against TCU as well. So it's uh, I thought that was kind of interesting. I think it's great. I mean, I, I love, I love the celebrations. I think it's fun. It, I, you know, when I see somebody do it, the, the horns down, you know, at a big moment in the game, I, like in the West Virginia game last year, I thought it was great. It reminded me a lot of uh, seeing the Auburn kicker when they beat, kicked a field goal to beat Florida, you know, I guess it was more than 10 years back, but just running around doing the Gator jump. Right. You know, and, the, you know, that's fun. I don't care what anybody says. That shows up on Sports Center. That looks great. The kids are having fun. I mean, trash talk, for better or for worse, is, is part of sports. And, you know, I'm not saying like, you know, there obviously there's a line and they mentioned that in the story when they're talking about, you know, the officials and when they're not going to flag it, but some of it should be encouraged and I think embraced. You know, what blew my mind is the, the first penalty on Sills in West Virginia when he ran, you know, he caught like a 60 yard touchdown down the side. He ran in the end zone and he just kind of threw the horns down real quick. Sam Kahn uh, talked to Dana uh, over in Houston this summer 
Helgerson said he asked the refs in pregame because he saw his players doing it. And he was like, oh, no, you know, they're doing it. Is this going to be a problem? And the ref said, well, not, not as long as it's not done in like an intimidating fashion, like taunting. Then he, Sills got the flag, and Helgerson said he was cussing Sills on the sideline. And then he said, yeah, Coach, I didn't even do it that bad. So he went over to the refs, and he said, you know, who did he intimidate? And, and Helgerson said the refs told him he intimidated the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Oh, that's great. That's a golden quote. We need to that's, – that's fantastic. So you're just going to so, encourage the people who think Texas is cheating with the officiating now? Well, I can tell you, like, I, I'm an official. And you do have pregames, and you do, and coaches do talk to you about stuff like that. You know, I can tell you, I would never flag in that in this position. That yeah, I'm, I'm a field judge, so I, I'm the work the goal line. So I would be the one to make that call. I would never, I would never throw that call on anybody unless, like, they probably got in a player's face or a coach's face. It just, or I'm going to be the fan's face, but nothing like that. It's, it's, it's fun, and the kids, you know, the emotions are high. You got to let some of that go. So I do think that. Yeah, that's the problem, right? Is the Big 12 has left this really sort of nebulous area of when is it and when isn't it? And I think that's even at the director of officials at Big 12 Media Day the other day just said, yeah, it'll be, it'll be flagged if it's taunting. And the, but then he said, I have some advice for you. Go back to your sideline and where you're among your teammates where it's not an individual act. So I was like, wow, the, the director of officiating is giving horns down advice. That's a whole new. Whole new <laughs> Yeah, and it's not really advice. It's kind of like targeting. It's like, eh, we know when we see it. That's that's no direction at all. And that leads to like more burnt orange conspiracy thing among the you know among the fans. They're like, oh well, you know, if the Texas player done it, he wouldn't have got flagged. But we got flagged, particularly at the end of the game, the game like that where it could impact significantly who wins the game. Well, the the Greer one at the end of the game, I could see that one getting flagged because that was like four guys all jumping together, like yelling at the student section almost or whoever was in that corner of the end zone. It was kind of students. And it was, and it was a lot, a bit longer. Um, and, you know, people forget that that, that was, that, that cost them really good field position. They gave Texas really good field position at the end of a, right at the end of a game. Um, that, and that was a little dangerous. So, but that one I could almost see, uh, I don't, you know, I don't ever think it should be, but you know, if you're going to tag, if you're going to flag one for like celebrating, uh, then I thought that would be the one, not the Sills one. So I don't know. I mean, there was a lot of questions about it at Media Day this year. Uh, it's still obviously a thing. But I do think that because of this article and because this is so top of mind for everyone now heading into the season, like this is going to be very closely tracked and followed. And it's basically going to be national news now anytime someone does horns down. And there's going to be more of it. Yeah, I don't know. I, I you know, I don't want to get blamed for that. Okay? Oh, sorry. <laughs> It's not blame, it's credit. Mm -hmm. I think it was going to be a thing anyway. I'll say that because it was such a buildup before a uh, Big 12 championship game. You know, Lincoln Riley asked the refs ahead of time to, for a ruling on it. And he said, yeah, we were told we can't do it. Yeah, which I found fascinating. I found fascinating that Holgerson had said they had talked to the refs before the game, not knowing the context of he, was seeing, he had already seen kids doing it. And I was like, is this really a thing where people go ask the refs ahead of time, like, can we do horns down? Yeah, I think the way that uh, – so in your, your cover image with Javorski Lane doing the horns down, I, I think that wouldn't be flagged because he's just kind of showing it to the camera. But like you said, if you do it to the student section or another player, then you're going to get in trouble. Uh, if I was coaching any of these teams, I would probably just tell them not to do it all together. But the sad thing is then it's like the Longhorns kind of win. And, you know, Tom Herman famously mocked uh, – It was Drew Locke. 
Drew Locke, that's right. Yeah, so he was uh and and they didn't they didn't draw any flags for that, right? Right. I don't think I don't I don't think the rest would know what to do. I don't think any coach has ever done that. <laughs> it uh it, it's going to be interesting to follow and obviously as Aggies writing for a dumb Aggie website, we would have followed it anyway. Uh, kudos. I just want to throw out this last thing is for uh, uh quoting a uh, uh, Bucky Perkins, good bull hunting favorite in Shreveport native. After the story came out, I tweeted, thank you for your contribution to this story because that's really, you know, to see that, I saw that, his tweet, and then I was able to track that guy down that day, uh, John Slate, and I, I called him or I Facebook messaged him and then he called me and, you know, the stuff he said was incredible <laughs> and then <laughs> I had to wait to publish it for months and so I was like, just please don't keep saying that the the tornado's horns down and Pork rinds and horns down. Quote is too good. You know, I hope nobody else. <laughs> did he send you the picture of John Slater? Did you take that picture in the article? No, I asked him to send me one just because oh. I thought we needed. He told me he had a whole OU room in his house, and so I thought I thought we needed to see that. Governor of Oklahoma and uh, Texas, really, uh, like every because you know Texas is kind of the rival, and you mentioned this in your article of every other Texas school. So I think a lot of people appreciate that guy and how funny he is. I've had a lot of people take issue with that too. And it, it obviously it wasn't my research. It was uh, Cody uh, Havard from Memphis. Um, and I, I sort of, to me, it's like, I, I don't understand why you wouldn't think that, you know, Nebraska wouldn't, would consider it a rival. Nebraska, you know, hated Texas for the, what it, how much it changed everything in the big 12 and Kansas, you know, the same with basketball. Um, so I could see it. Uh, you know, obviously I, I don't understand you know, I didn't. I didn't think it was a stretch at all to say that these eleven teams, and he, like he said, that they just meant they were a significant rival. They didn't mean they were their primary rival. It's just someone they considered a rival. But you know, I think it's it's again, it's like Michigan or USC or anybody who doesn't want to beat those teams. Yeah, everyone hates Texas. I'm not going to argue with anybody about that. I think the people got mad because Texas took pride in that. They yeah, they have. <laughs> they've been tweeting it with my name on it, even though I didn't say it. Um, so <laughs> I, thought, I thought that was that was funny, but. Sure. I mean, but that's, but they should, you know, they should like the, that's what, and, and some people got mad that I said that the, you know, the, the hook of horns is sort of, I mean, the horns down is sort of singularly unique because it is, there's no other sign that has such a quick, powerful connotation to me in college football. You can't, you can do the gator chomp or you can do the tomahawk chop or you can do other things to mock the school, but it's not the same to me anyway. And there's just not a lot of – you're right. There's not a lot of symbols anyway. There's definitely none as, as instant and as quick and, and to the chase as, as the horns down. Like, look, it's a cool symbol. I mean, they have a – they got a cool logo and a cool symbol. It's one of the most iconic brands there is. Like, that's going to happen. And so that's, that was my whole point whenever I would talk to people. Um, you should probably just own this. The Patriots or, you know, any of these teams that are built on how many people hate them. Yeah, this evil uh, empire kind of thing. Right, the Yankees. It's like it's not bad to be that team. Yeah, yeah. And your if your marketing slogan is "We're Texas," you're already embracing it. Well, well, they've changed it to "Were Texas." Now they removed the apostrophe. <laughs> well, not now. After they beat Georgia, they're back on the yeah, okay. "Were Texas." Oh, they're back now. Okay, but it, yeah. it, it, it varies from month to month. But <laughs> but yeah, I'll agree. I'll agree with you on most. I can't publicly agree that I that they have a good logo or hand sign though. That that would be <laughs> dangerous to do. I just want to make it clear that I did say that I'm capable of objectivity. <laughs> I, I take pride in it. That's right. You're it's, this is like a deep state thing where you're, you're the Aggie in the, 
in the mix so that you can set up the big article that we really need to push us over the top in a few years. No, I, I can't wait. Like if AM actually does win national championship, there'll be a, an NFL story. It'll be the front page of ESPN. So nobody <laughs> is that right? Yeah. That, that's what will happen. And the, the conspiracy will come full circle. I can't sit here and abide by the slander, you know, it's, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was, a, it was a super fun article. So I'm, I'm glad you're, that you're back in Texas and, and writing articles that are uh, really relevant to all the storylines that we're following. So um, I hope everyone will give you a follow. You're at Dwill, <laughs> D-W-I-L. And of course, immediately I thought this is, this guy's getting a lot of tweets that are supposed to be sent to drill. Uh, but I don't. <laughs> you really don't? Because it's only two letters away on the keyboard. I thought you might. It'd probably be a lot more fun if I did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. But thank you uh, so much for joining us on We've Never Been Clicked. We are... Um, increasing our profile, talking to senior editors at ESPN and the like. So we really do appreciate your time and for kind of sharing some uh, some special takes and behind the scenes from the stories that you've been writing. And uh, I hope we'll be able to catch up again this season because Horns Down is going to explode, I think, this year. And we're, we're going to have to revisit this topic. Oh, boy. Yeah, that's uh, a few years, a couple of years ago, I wrote a story about the Waffle House in the South and the SEC on football Saturdays. And everybody, all everybody would talk to me about was waffles for a while. And now I think that's, I'm going to be the horns down guy, but <laughs> that's, that's what something we did too. We, uh, we created the waffle house index and then, uh, the New York times stole it. <laughs> oh, that's right. And they sent us a nice little apology, but they didn't retract it. <laughs> but you're really responsible for that too. Cause you spent time at the times. Yeah. I probably did that. Yeah. Was it you? I no, know it, it wasn't. Was you. It was you, wasn't it Dave? <laughs> Very good. Well, thank you and uh, and have a have a, a wonderful rest of the day and we we will catch up again, I promise. All right. Appreciate you guys having me. Thanks. No, Take care. Fun. Thank you, Dave. Appreciate it.